On February 6, 2023, a 7.8 magnitude earthquake struck an area surrounding the border between Syria and Turkey. As of the writing of this episode, over 40,000 deaths, 120,000 injuries, 2.4 million people left homeless, and $84 billion of damage have been reported. Consequently, this earthquake is believed to be the fourth costliest earthquake in world history, as well as the deadliest in the world since the 2010 Haiti earthquake. Search and rescue efforts are still ongoing, and time is of the essence, as those trapped under rubble are at risk of hypothermia due to the current freezing temperatures in the region. The earthquake was reportedly felt as far away as Egypt. The vast majority of casualties and damage from this earthquake are in Turkey, and the earthquake is the deadliest in Turkey since 1268. It therefore makes sense that many countries around the world have offered their support to both Turkey and Syria. The United States Agency for International Development has sent search and rescue teams and paramedics, as well as $85 million in foreign aid, to the two affected countries. Rescue personnel and search dogs have also been sent to the area by the Chinese government, which has offered a total of almost $10 million to the two countries. In spite of its current state of war with Syria, Israeli special forces were sent to both countries as rescuers, while water purification systems were gifted to multiple communities. Vietnam deployed its first ever overseas rescue mission, sending over 100 soldiers to Turkey and Syria, and one teenager has since been rescued by Vietnamese personnel. Pakistani Prime Minister Shabazz Sharif went as far as personally donating one month's worth of his salary to the rescue effort, while an anonymous Pakistani reportedly donated $30 million to the relief effort. You guys get the gist. The international community is going above and beyond to assist Turkey and Syria in their time of need. For Turkey in particular, one country that has offered assistance may seem surprising. Greece. Using disaster relief as a means for diplomacy is not a particularly uncommon phenomenon. As it turns out, if your country is experiencing a catastrophe, you can't really be a choosing beggar regarding who is offering to help you. Case in point, some countries have used disasters in countries they have not so amicable relations with as an opportunity to improve said relations. One prominent example of this was when Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez offered 1 million barrels of oil and $5 million of aid to the United States after Hurricane Katrina in 2005. Chavez was a controversial figure in the U.S. due to his socialist political ideology and staunch opposition to American foreign policy. Following the 2011 Tohoku tsunami and subsequent Fukushima nuclear disaster, many American and European interest groups donated to relief efforts while using the event as a rallying point against nuclear energy. Following the 2010 Haiti earthquake, the Senegalese government offered land and residency in Senegal to any interested Haitians, which in turn led to a boost in Haitian enrollment at Senegalese universities. 
Following the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami, the American Jewish Committee, then led by Englewood, New Jersey native Felice Gare, raised over half a million dollars for the relief effort in a move that was widely interpreted as an attempt to improve the image of Israel in historically anti-Israel affected nations such as Indonesia and the Maldives. Following the 2015 Nepal earthquake, countries such as India, Pakistan, China, Belgium, and the U.S., which had each played a major role in the recent Nepalese civil war, all sent rescue teams in an attempt to ease tensions with Nepal's transitional postbellum government. Instances like this, in which unlikely allies are able to come together for the purpose of humanitarian relief, continue to this day. This is evidenced by the fact that, right now, relief teams from Greece are on the ground in Turkey in spite of a history of tense relations between the two countries. This is the result of a long-standing precedent of earthquake-related cooperation and assistance. I'm going to tell you all about it, right now, on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 82nd episode of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Special thank you to Patreon subscribers Barbara, Lisa Chase, and Tom. If you want to receive a shout-out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and becoming a patron. One more thing. Make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. relationship between Greece and Turkey has been rocky for almost a millennium. Violence between the two countries can be traced back to the Byzantine-Ottoman Wars of the 14th and 15th centuries caused by the coinciding decline of the ethnically Greek Byzantine Empire and rise of the ethnically Turkish Ottoman Empire. In 1453, the Ottomans captured Constantinople, the Byzantine capital as well as the site of present-day Istanbul. Shortly afterwards, the entirety of present-day Greece came under Ottoman control. Although the official Ottoman policy at this time was to ensure the human rights of Greeks, lower-level Ottoman officials often created de facto systems of subjugation against the Greeks. As a result, Greek nationalism began to flourish in the Ottoman Empire, particularly due to the influence of Orthodox Christianity among Greeks as opposed to Ottomans who adhered to Islam. Several small Greek revolts took place, but most were unsuccessful. This changed in 1821 when the Greek War of Independence broke out. For over eight years, Greek revolutionaries led by the brothers Alexander and Demetrios Ypsilantis waged a guerrilla war against Ottoman forces, resulting in a Greek victory and the establishment of the independent First Hellenic Republic in 1829. Several battles took place between Greece and the Ottoman Empire throughout the rest of the 19th century, including the Second Balkan War, after which Greece's land area nearly doubled from capturing Ottoman territory. Greg 
Greco-Turkish relations took a turn for the worst in the early 20th century. In 1913, a genocide against Greeks living in the Ottoman Empire broke out, concurrently with the Armenian Genocide and Assyrian Genocide. Over the next decade, as many as 900,000 Greeks would be massacred or killed on death marches through the Syrian desert at the hands of the Turkish National Movement. During the Greek Genocide, World War I broke out, and Greece fought for the Allied Powers while the Ottomans were part of the Central Powers. After the Allies won the war, more Ottoman land was ceded to Greece. This land was retaken during the 1919-1922 Greco-Turkish War, during which the Greek port city of Smyrna, located at present-day Izmir, Turkey, was burned to the ground. Following the Turkish victory in this war, the Ottoman Empire was dissolved and the Republic of Turkey was formed. In 1923, Greeks in Turkey and Turks in Greece were expelled from their homes and forcibly repatriated to their ethnic homelands. Under Turkish President Mustafa Kemal Ataturk, an alliance was established between Greece and Turkey, but this alliance fell apart after Ataturk's death in 1938. As the Cold War began, Tensions between the two countries died down briefly as they united against Soviet incursions into the Balkans and Asia Minor. However, animosity returned in 1955 after the Istanbul pogrom, in which dozens of Greeks were murdered in the Turkish capital. In 1963, the Cyprus conflict between ethnically Greek Cypriots and ethnically Turkish Cypriots, which continues to this day, broke out. And the next year, over half of the Greek population of Istanbul was forcibly expelled from Turkey. For the next three and a half decades, Greco-Turkish relations would be extremely hostile, and many believed it would take a miracle for the two countries to end this hostility. However, what it really took was a disaster. On August 17, 1999, a 7.6 magnitude earthquake hit the Turkish city of Izmit. The city was ravaged by the earthquake, with over 18,000 deaths, 50,000 injuries, and $8 billion in damages reported. Much of Turkey's infrastructure was destroyed by the earthquake, including oil refineries and a naval arsenal, while an estimated 300,000 people were left homeless. When news of this disaster broke, Greece was the first country to offer foreign aid to Turkey. Within 24 hours, a 24-man rescue team and two search dogs were sent to Turkey from Greece. These were soon followed by fire extinguishing planes, medical personnel, ambulances, food, water, and blankets. Dozens of Greek hospitals established blood drives in order to send blood and plasma to Turkish hospitals. Millions of dollars in Greek donations, much of which were collected from everyday Greek citizens, were sent to Turkey. Acknowledging the historically rocky relationship between the two countries, the Greek Ministry of Foreign Affairs released a formal statement saying, quote, There is no flag or ideology in humanitarian aid. Less than a month later, the Turks had a chance to return the favor. On September 7, 1999, the Greek capital Athens was rocked by a 6.0 magnitude earthquake. 
The death toll in Athens was much lower than that of the Izmit earthquake, with 143 deaths being reported, but infrastructure damage was much more severe. Turkey was the first country to offer aid and support to Greece, with Turkish Prime Minister Bulent Ecevit creating a special task force to handle relief efforts in Greece. 13 hours after the earthquake struck, 20 Turkish rescue workers arrived in Athens, with doctors and paramedics arriving soon afterwards. Turkish phone lines reportedly experienced outages because they were overrun by Turkish citizens asking for information about donating blood. One Turkish man even made headlines after going to an Istanbul hospital and requesting to have his kidney removed and donated to a Greek person in need. The mutual goodwill between Greece and Turkey, demonstrated by their earthquake relief efforts in 1999, has developed into a persisting diplomatic relationship. As Greece and Turkey are both situated near fault lines, earthquakes are a serious issue in both countries. 21 years after the birth of earthquake diplomacy, on October 30th, 2020, a 7.0 magnitude earthquake struck the Turkish coast, approximately 43 miles southwest of Izmir, killing 119 people and injuring over a thousand. Greece was once again the first country to offer aid to Turkey, and Greek rescue and medical teams were sent to Turkey. Over the past few years, earthquake diplomacy appears to have been threatened by international politics. In September of 2022, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan threatened to invade Greek islands in the Aegean Sea, going as far as to say that Turkey was prepared to launch missiles at these islands if Greece deployed troops to them. As a result, relations between Greece and Turkey have been particularly tense in recent months. And yet, as I speak, Greek rescue teams, firefighters, and paramedics are in Turkey saving lives. Thousands of Greeks have donated and continue to donate blankets, clothes, canned goods, milk powder, diapers, laundry detergent, gauze, casting plaster, hygiene products, masks, gloves, and antiseptics for the relief effort. The Greek government has sent thousands of beds, sleeping bags, and tents to Turkey in order to create makeshift housing for displaced survivors. Videos showing Greek rescue teams pulling Turkish civilians from collapsed buildings have been spread throughout social media. And of course, one thing has stayed consistent. Greece was the first country to offer assistance to Turkey. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. I really enjoyed learning about it myself. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash historiaobscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, Go to patreon.com slash Historia Obscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. 
With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.